was talking about earlier, um, the four of you, uh, we kind of played a little um, one shot last time, and the four of you have been asked to um, work for the god uh, Quetzalcoatl um, at his uh, firm Quetzalcoatl. And uh, so, uh, first of all, if we want to just kind of introduce ourselves and talk about like 30 seconds our characters, let's give just a little bit of a, a brief overview. Do you want to start, Maddie? Yeah, are we talking about where we're from now? Or, or no, not where we're from, Late, where we yeah. live. Okay. Uh, my character is Jenna Hartman. Uh, she's a human ranger. Um, just kind of for background is she's just from, like out, she's not from the city, she's from somewhere else and she wanted to move to the city to get, kind of get away from like the, the farm town that she lived in. And so she hasn't been here very long, which is why she was looking for a job here, so. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> so- Do you wanna introduce yourself as well? Oh, as myself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Zach. What? <laughs> yeah, that. Just like, right, fair enough. Um, yeah, my character is uh, is a warforged. Um, his designation is uh, C four S three, but everyone just calls him Case. Um, he's kind of he's kind of eccentric for for a warforged. Most warforged are lawful, and you know they're basically just soldier types. This one is more of like a graffiti artist sort of. He's always wearing a hoodie. He wears headphones, even though he doesn't really need to, because he's a robot. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. Love it. All right. Uh, I'm Cammy. My character's name is Zero Greenwood. And um, so she is a cleric, and um, she's just kind of um, looking to study other cultures and languages. She has, like, a passion for anthropology. And is learning about like I guess how people in the city interact with each other because there are so many different cultures and so that's why she is there right now. Cool hi uh, I'm Sarah and my character is a fire ganasi barbarian named Flint and he is a very strong boy and he is not very smart but he tries very hard and he is from kind of like a traveling performer you know, type family. Um, and he's super good at like parkour. He was a gymnast and he decided that his family, well, his family decided that they needed more money and he could do well in the city with the skills that he has. And so that's why he is in the city right now. He's working as kind of a bounty hunter slash brute kind of individual to track people down. But yeah, that's pretty much what he's good at and what he does. Awesome. Uh, yeah, my name is Braden. Um, I'm going to be the DM. Uh, and so just a, a quick overview about um, the, the world we're going to be playing in. Uh, the, the game is going to take place in a city called Omnia um, on uh, a planet that they just call Earth. Um, I think it's kind of hard to just think of convoluted planet names. I mean, it's just like, I think it's, what is it? Is it just like Earth. It's the word for dirt. It, it can be the word for the planet as well. Um, it, and just imagine just uh, a modern, it's, it's very like urban fantasy, like like our world, but if you had, if everything went right and if you put elves in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, the, the capital city uh, of this planet is, is Omnia. Um, and each of you find yourselves in uh, a part of the city and you've come together and you found a job um, at the same place. And I really want it to be just uh, just a real like fantasy space, just for all of us to play in and to have fun and just to yes and each other. Like, I mean, there, there might be some things along the line where it's like, okay, well, that may be a little unfeasible, but really I just wanna make everything work. Um, and I think one thing we've talked about, uh, and I don't, I don't know, I, I just, I feel like this is a world in which like discrimination and racism and classism, all those things kind of have, have fizzled away. They don't, it's not, I don't wanna gloss over the fact that those things exist in the real world um, or in any world, but just the fact that uh, this is a fantasy uh, story that we're creating and that doesn't have to exist. Like we don't have to put that in there and deal with it, especially where we're all white. <laughs> so um, just, yeah, uh, I, there is still crime, like bad things still do happen, but just not of a, a discriminatory um, sort. Uh, yeah, does anyone have any comments or questions about that? Yeah, so basically no tragic backstories. You can have a tragic backstory. Right. It can be like, oh my, like, but just not like, I think you talked about, yeah, I, I was throwing around the idea of like being like a robots or people to activist, but that I don't know that just felt a little serious. Yeah, it's like, and that 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 might be a, a good story to tell somewhere else. It's just maybe not a story that we want to tell. Yeah, yeah, here. yeah. Or like trauma exists, but you don't need to be like there doesn't need to be racism trauma. Exactly. <laughs> or like other kinds yeah, of class, yeah, classism. It doesn't have to be. Like, there's a lot of other trauma in the world. Like, you don't have to focus Your on that. Your parents can be dead without racism. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're not wrong. It's just not, we don't, we, escapism, we don't need to have that here. Exactly. Um, and, and this is a world where the gods do exist. They're very tangible beings, and they walk among um, people in, in their regular day life. But just the way things have evolved, it's not like they're worshipped anymore. Um they have essentially evolved. They've gone from being uh, worshiped beings as part of like, you know, religions to just um, their, uh, their leaders of the government and uh, CEOs of companies uh, and uh, they work in like law enforcement and things like that. Um, they're just there, where they draw their power has shifted from worship to more um, being useful and adoration and money and power like that. Um, and so as far as like what kind of governs this world, you have the gods, they still have sway, they still do have power. Um, and you have, you know, the government, which is uh, a representative democracy, you have um, representatives from cities and districts and towns that um, are all represented in the parliament in Omnia itself. And then you have um, what we're going to call the avatars. So in this, um, weird kind of newfound uh urban fantasy utopia uh these beings started popping up that essentially were put in place by the universe to govern um use of magic in a sense um they these are normal people that are chosen by something by the universe if anybody knows to control um how magic is used 
So you have like the avatar of divination magic, the avatar of evocation magic. Um, yeah. And they, they govern those things and um, have a very real say in what is done with certain types of magic in this world, just to, con to mitigate um, damage and control. Because in, in a world where gods lock the earth, you could do a lot of damage and they help mitigate that. So in this world, magic crime is like a huge thing then. Yeah, mm -hmm. because you have some serious, individuals can become incredibly powerful. The yeah. magic is very common. It's very, and it's just, it's, they help mitigate something. They help stop that. That's cool. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're always good. That's one thing. Sometimes you do have an avatar that can do tremendous harm, but that's why there are more than one. Um, yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, when we talk about aesthetic of like armor and weapons, like we're, we are, we're gonna use the, the D&D rules um, as far as like proficiency, you have proficiency in light, medium or whatever armor, and we're gonna use the stats and everything. Like for example, we're gonna be using the stats for like bows. If you have a bow or a crossbow, that can either be an actual bow or a crossbow, or that can be like a gun or something. Like just, just think less on, it needs to be specifically this thing and more like, okay, I'm gonna take the stats and I'm gonna give it my own flavor. Um, and don't feel like weapons and things need to like um, overshadow your aesthetic. If you're a person walking through a city, you don't have to have a big sword or a you know, axe drip on your back. Think very like fluid, like, oh, my, my sword is just this little rectangle that I keep in my jacket pocket and then I pull it out and it extends or it's an, some sort of like energy or like, I think, uh, zero in our one shot zero her armor was represented by like do you want to explain that yeah so zero has like um arm cuffs very like kind of wonder woman-esque and so she can kind of just like bang her arms together and then they go vroom, and then like the way i decided to do like disadvantage from wearing heavy armor for stealth checks is that they just kind of like hum a little bit which i thought was very fun but they kind of like envelop her in like a golden kind of light and then she has armor on <laughs> I love that. Um, so it's very much all like fluid. Like we can have, we can use those rules to make, to tell cool stories and not let the rules hamper what we want to tell, but while still maintaining some semblance of like, so it's not like when you're a little kid and be like, I totally got you, no. -uh. So there, we have rules to mitigate that, but it's really just take, take it and, and, and fly with it. Another thing I wanted to talk about is feel free to breathe things into life. Don't feel like you don't have power to shape the story and the world around you. If you want to breathe a character or an event or a fact of the world into life, feel free to. And if there's an issue, we'll talk about it. And there really, it probably won't be. Um, but like, if you want to talk like, oh, like my aunt Sally, who owns the general store down the center, or like, um, or like, oh, sorry guys, like I'm late. I had to go to the hot dog eating. Sure, I just got, I don't know, something, something like that. Or like uh, the name of like, don't feel like you're gonna be stepping on anybody's toes by just coming up with cool things or saying weird tangents. Um, Cause I think that's fun. Any world building things, anything like that that anybody wanted to talk about, any ideas? Oh, actually, what kind of gods do we want to see? Or what gods specifically do we, do we want to see? Cause I'm, think ta I'm, I'm taking requests. I think Ares is always fun. Oh yeah, Ares is already so. One, okay, one ones that I know they're definitely going to be in play. We've got Ares, Aphrodite, Demeter, 
um, Quetzalcoatl, which I hope, I do not think it's appropriation because he's like a folk god. Like it's not like Greek appropriation to use the Greek yeah. pantheon. I don't, yeah, I think it's, but it, 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 it's honestly just like- I to say that it's fine because mm -hmm. it's, it's kind know, of a long dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of how like, um, like, you know, like the Percy Jackson series and like what, whenever Rick Riordan's other series the are called, like they're series. all, they all exist in the same universe. I think yeah, as long exactly. as we're being respectful. I want, yeah. Can yeah. Loki exist, please? Okay, I, I like In that. whatever you want. I would like probably like more like original old Norse myth mm -hmm. Loki. So like definitely non-binary individual mm -hmm. that, or uh, absolute chaos being. Yeah, yeah. absolute chaos being. A gender fluid. That was what I was thinking, not my mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and I, I already actually I thought about some, like, deities. It's like, they don't have to have a gender in this case. They don't. No. no. Um, I would request Yeah, that. so I guess whenever we introduce new characters, we will also introduce pronouns. Also Freya, yes. because cats. Yeah, I like that. Freya, okay. I mean, I gotta... Just because I like cats. <laughs> and I would like a goddess there that has a chariot or a car that is probably cat-themed in this case. She's a vibe. I like her a lot. What other gods do I know? Now I wish I knew more pantheons. Um, Odin, probably. I like that. That'd be good. I wish we could take from, oh gosh, I wish I knew like the Japanese pantheon better. Like you, their mythology. I, this is. Because they do have a mythology mm -hmm. that's specifically with different gods, not just like everything has a spirit, which is also super cool, by the way, but. I think we're gonna, we're gonna kind of, there are gonna be some like Tsukuyomi parallels. Yeah. Um, I need to learn more about that. I just like the name. I, I've been like, I work in the, in my custodial job, I keep seeing books that are like Japanese mythology and I'm like, mm, I need it. But anyway. Um, I think, I guess like the ideas of like forces that govern the universe as well could be interesting yeah. if we want to go that route, like life and death and unity and justice and like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Those I have I have an idea about how I want to put that in place, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Like I mean, you guys met Bliss. Mm. Like that's <laughs> yes. Um, there's I don't I have to figure out how I want to how we want to implement it too. But Bliss could def is definitely probably will play a part in that. Okay. Um. Mm. Bliss was a character we met in our little uh, session negative one one shot that we did to kind of talk about things, but. I forgot to mention that my character's a monk, so I figured I'd add that in. <laughs> I love it. We're not to. I just, I think you sent a picture of us of like a robot in a hoodie, and I loved it so. Oh, yes, my so brother good. is fantastic at drawing. Like putting robots in clothes, I love yeah. actually. Um, I'm gonna. It's gonna be cool. I'm gonna do. There's gonna be like some cool art on his hoodie with like his designation or like his name or something. I think that'd be fun. So, okay, we're gonna, let's talk a little bit more about the city and where you guys live in a minute, but I wanna talk about house rules for a second um, that I think would be cool and I wanna get your thoughts. Um, we can, Cami has some really cool uh, high variance dice that have like three 20s and three ones. Mm -hmm. And they're missing some of like the other numbers. So you have a much higher chance of rolling a natural 20, but also a much higher chance of rolling a natural one. So I almost wanna put in something like, like established rule where it's like, whenever you want and the stakes are high enough, you could choose to do that if you wanted to. Um, but if you guys have other thoughts, let me know. I really like that. That's pretty Actually, cool. I think that would be really fun. Like high risk, high gain and horrible failure. <laughs> um, I also want to implement um, luck points 
like from Monster of the Week, where um, essentially you have seven of them or a different amount. I'll think about that. Um, but essentially at any given point, if you fail a roll and you feel like this is important, I want to succeed, you can spend the luck point and um, it, you automatically succeed. It goes really well. I like that. But if you run out of them, something terribly bad will happen. I already know what it's going to be. Oh no. So I need to run out the fastest. I just want to, I'm so curious. <laughs> now I'm no, curious. That's what I was worried See, now about. now I want to find out what horribly terrible Do thing. not do that. I ask you please. Please don't. Okay. Just gonna, just, when I, like story-wise, please do not do that. Apocalyptic. I'm just going to try and like steal a bagel from like modern fantasy Walmart or something. <gasps> oh my gosh, I want to go to fantasy there. Walmart. Do they have fantasy Trader Joe's? No, please tell no. me they have fantasy so Trader Joe's. We don't have fantasy Costco. We have fantasy Walmart. <laughs> fantasy Walmart. Okay, that, that's fantasy one. Fantasy Kroger. You asked me about whether there's going to be a store, and I do not want there to be like a definite fantasy Costco yeah. because yeah. I don't, I don't want to lean so hard into these. Like, it's not, yeah, we're not going. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. But I just love that we established yeah. that gas stations sell healing potions. Yes, <laughs> that's all I love. That's what I want in life. Um, yeah, you just, you just go to, like, the nearest store nearby. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, okay, I think it's so funny to just put fantasy in front of something. Oh, yeah. it's hilarious. But I do not want to overdo it. Yeah, yeah. Like, we that's, can, we can that's kind of that. not the really thing that you yeah, yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still. Yeah. Like, just big stores. Um, oh, my gosh. You should have, like, Dionysus be in charge of, like. <gasps> Actually, yes. Like, the you know, big uh, Walmart-esque stores no, that no, are just no. everywhere okay that's another thing actually that reminds me one of my favorite things about uh Dionysus is that um uh he's if you look at like the real Greek mythos he's a very like gender fluid sort of character yes um and that I think in normal D&D it's like a thing that only elves can have but it's like a tattoo or something or whatever it's essentially like the maybe we'll talk more about this in actual but just like the fact that gender is like very fluid like if you don't want to be it, it's like this is a fantasy world and so that doesn't that doesn't necessarily have to be a thing so that's why like pronouns are important you have characters that aren't necessarily going to present yeah. the same all of the time if if you're in a world where somebody can turn you into a giant ape then you can change your gender it's yeah. not that hard Basically, yeah uh-huh. that's valid yeah um, it's not that complicated yeah, I think I think Case will just be cool being called with anything. Yeah, I don't I don't see a reason right now. He's like a he's a robot. I'm pretty sure it's yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so just yeah, think about it and just make sure people know what he'd rather be called. Last thing, uh house rules from my end. Um I, I talked with Cammy about this when we originally were um, but the the concept of what I am going to call divine brownie points. So in this world, obviously you still have certain gods that are worshipped. Um, and also, uh, immediately, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take anything from Judeo Christian. Uh, we're gonna put that away. That's not gonna. We're gonna avoid. Yeah, that seems sacrilege like that. on that. Um, but just like you, ha- you might have a god that you worship, and also a god that you work for. And so, like clerics, obviously, like have a god that they worship or are devoted to, or are, have some sort of cause that they align with. Um, versus you might work for a god and it's not like you worship them, but it's like, hey, they're my boss. Mm-hmm. And that specific relationship, um, we're going to um, quantify with divine brownie points. And essentially, I think it comes from the, the Theros D&D handbook, but what we're going to do is um, there will be perks 
where the more points you get, the you you will get certain uh, favors or perks from from. In this case, it's going to be Quetzalcoatl. Um, but basically, at the end of every, either we can do at the end of every session or every arc. Um, I think at the end of every session would be better. And it's going to be like essentially we're going to ask ourselves a couple of questions. It's like, did you do something that furthered this god's goal in the world or for the company or whatever and you will get points according to that or lose points if you did something contrary um to what Quetzalcoatl might want so uh zero is a cleric so would she need to worry about that and also like the god that or the like where she gets her powers from as well as part of that system or is that separate? I think that's separate. I think okay. cleric, it's just, you are a cleric and as you further your relationship with your God, that that's like, that's leveling up. That's your divine powers. Mm -hmm. um, but the, this is specifically like, this is a God that you work for. And he also, it's like, it's, this, it, it's, it's to set a distinction between like a cleric relationship and like a business relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, while like Quetzalcoatl might have clerics that work for him and it is a strictly business relationship, it's more like you already have a god that you follow and this is just like, okay, I work for another god, mm -hmm. but this is how he grants me power in a sense. Okay. Um, and it's also like less of a, um, a taxing relationship, I feel like for the gods, like remember like they're not as powerful, they cannot grant as many people like power in the terms of like a cleric. Um, I feel like a cleric is like a drain on their resources that they can't necessarily afford to give to all of their employees, but they can do this. They can, they can give you minor kind of boons. Um, um, that's all I have for like house rules. Are there any good house rules that anybody might think could be fun or good? Obviously like flanking, we're not going to use. Um, well, do we want to roll hit points? Yeah, I like rolling hit points. There's just something fun about the risk <laughs> to me, at least. Yeah. I think we're gonna, yeah, if we roll hit points, we're gonna reroll ones and twos. That's, yeah, that's fair. Ones and twos mm -hmm. are nasty. Okay, um, so now uh, I kinda wanna just go around the table and ask each one of you, um, I asked you, I mean like half an hour ago, maybe, <laughs> um, to think about um, where you live um, in Amia. And I want you to just kind of use your big creative brains and just describe to me what your neighborhood looks like. Let's start with Sarah. Oh no. Um, okay, so I think Flint probably lives in like one of those like, uh, like apartments for single men. Like you have a room that has like the kitchen in it in the same room that you sleep in the same room that your couch is <laughs> and then like a cupboard for a toilet so um, a studio. A, yeah a studio apartment but a very like small one um in kind of like the new york style brownstone area uh so it's very much narrow alleyways streets that probably weren't necessarily planned when they were first made but are fine but it's very easy for his like job to get around and it gives him a good you know morning jump around he can go from building to building just jumping on the fire escapes people probably think that he's not right in the head and they are a little bit right um but yeah that's that's pretty much where he lives very much um kind of like if y'all watched the umbrella academy kind of a little bit like where luther was living in season two 
Okay, so I think Zero also kind of lives in a studio apartment, but probably not in the same area. I think probably more like, almost like, like college housing, mm-hmm. like more like, because I think in my brain, like Zero is very scholarly and kind of interested in like academia and kind of like the like study of people and like the world around her and so I think that her apartment is probably full of like a lot of journals and like books and things like that and like plants and that kind of thing and I think she spends a lot of time just kind of walking around the city and like getting to know different areas and like talking to people and that kind of thing. Case doesn't really have to he doesn't live anywhere specifically. I like he's not home. He's homeless, yes, but that, that's just like he's a robot. He doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't need to have a place to stay. He just kind of exists in you know the kind of part of town where you can do graffiti and get away with it. Like you know neon lights. It's very different during the day than it is at night. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. Almost almost cyberpunky, but not not like over the top. Just kind of like downtown. So does he live in a very robot-like centric part of the city, or is this like a heavily robot? Because robots definitely do have house. Like there, they have houses, they have families, they have homes. Um, so he- Case is just kind of like a he's kind of a vagabond, mm-hmm. but yeah. like he's cool with it. I like that. Does he have one place that he specifically gravitates towards, where he meets friends that he has people? He's I mean, he, yeah, he has friends working in like a like a car repair shop because that's kind of what robots are good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't work there. He only goes there because he has friends there and he just kind of likes to go there and mess around. It's kind of like Chinatown, a little bit, where Case lives. I like that. Just hmm. a little, just like a little bit more futuristic and a little bit more neon. So kind of like the like Japanese cyberpunk. Yeah, sort of like that. Hyper-technological neon lights. Yeah. Big screens. Something like yeah, that. No, that. That definitely makes sense. Okay, so I've, um, just from thinking about we're doing a little, I don't know, this can get into it a little bit later, but her, like, background is the inheritor, and I've kind of thought about it, and just, like, inheriting a lot of money so that she can live in a really nice apartment. Like, it's not huge, because this is a, it's a there's, city. There's just not big apartments. She lives in a pretty nice apartment. I just picture it just, like, full of plants, like, anywhere that it can be, because she still likes to do that. Like, plants that are not just, like, houseplants, but, like, carrots and tomato plants and stuff just growing in her apartment like on the balcony and stuff and so that's just kind of what I picture so you you live in kind of like the uppity not maybe the uppity but like the definitely the upper middle class yeah like mm-hmm. maybe like rich kids going to the the technical college yeah so, or something mm-hmm. <laughs> so probably like the more solar punk part of the city where there's plants growing off of balconies and it's all very mm-hmm. clean white glass yeah like plants mm-hmm. cool it's the night before the first day of your new job at Kawada Corp. We see a panoramic of the city of Amiya as the sun sets. While the city of Spig never really sleeps, as darkness slowly descends upon the city, it seems to dull the sharpness of things. Uh, we zoom in on each of you as you turn in for the night and begin to fall asleep. Even you, Case, you're not very familiar with sleep, but you seemingly begin to drift off. The sound of the city around you slowly grows quieter and quieter until it completely fades away and all of you fall into a deep, deep 
sleep and you dream. In your dream, the four of you see a place somewhere not here nor there, but in between. You see each other standing on a translucent pattern suspended in the cosmos. You are joined by four others, but their figures are blurry around the edges and you can't quite make any sense of them. Before you inspect them further, your vision itself begins to blur and everything around you becomes static. You feel a sense of panic begin to swell up in your chest. Something is wrong. Then you hear a familiar voice. It's faint at first, but it's getting louder and louder saying, wake up. You all jump awake, your alarm clocks blaring away. You look at the time and your eyes widen and unknowingly in unison at different points in the city, you all say, ah, I'm gonna be late for work. 